Hello and welcome to the Ratio Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Ray, and as always, we are recording from beautiful downtown Athens, Georgia. So good to be back with you here in 2023. Happy New Year to everybody. We've got a a couple episodes we're going to be releasing. This is one of them that are from 2022, the way we did the interviews then. And we didn't want them to get lost in the shuffle of the the holiday uh, uh, madness. So first up tonight, we have our good friend, Johnny Araya. And Johnny does an awesome podcast called The Haunted Chapel with his partner, Brittany Elliott. And uh, Johnny's worked with Slayer and so many artists over the years. He's got a really kick-ass story and is super cool to talk to. So we'll have that chat coming up for you in a few minutes. I just want to let everybody know that uh, we are, as I said, back kind of on the regular schedule. You'll see episodes coming out all month and from here on. And uh, we also want to announce our first live date of the year. And uh, that will be on February 15th at Cine Athens. And we will have uh, all of the information you need to either attend or watch at home or all that good stuff, including guests. So uh, be on the lookout for that on our socials and uh, on the website. And also, I just want to thank everybody for all their continued support that we had through 2022. As I've said, we're, we're really excited about this year, and your support is making all of this possible, and, and, and I cannot be uh, more thankful than I am for the listeners and the feedback we have, and it's, it's just such a killer place to be here at the Ratio Podcast with Jack Slayton, Mike Schulenberg, and as always, editing these episodes, Mr. Brant Duncan. So um, I know I've shouted out Brant before, but let's continue to sing his praises each episode. Um, But before we get too far down the road, let's get to our chat with Mr. Johnny Araya. All right, Johnny Ray with the Ratio Podcast. And tonight I've got Johnny Araya, another Johnny, two Johnnies (laughs) for the price of one here. How you doing, my friend, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good, good. Well, Johnny is a, a podcaster now. He's one of my festival buddies. We always see each other out in Vegas and hopefully more shows now that everything's kind of opening up. Um, yeah, I hope so. But, uh, man, yeah, Johnny has a really interesting story, and I've been dying to get him on the podcast. Super cool dude. But uh, just start out, man, you just got back from the Misfits shows that uh, Johnny works with the Misfits. And uh, how cool is it to be working with the Misfits around Halloween time? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, it's pretty cool. We, uh, we kind of did one uh, a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just cool to see everyone dressed up as fiends and everyone gets in the Halloween spirit, you know. And Glenn's all about Halloween and the Misfits are all about Halloween. So it's pretty cool to watch this Halloween band play on Halloween, singing about Halloween, and everyone's <laughs> everyone's dressed up as Halloween, and <laughs> you're, you're playing, you know, you're on stage with a bunch of fiends. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, and everybody's just vibe, man. It's always like, the, I've seen it twice since they've got back together, and it's just the greatest vibe out in the crowd, man. Everybody yeah. is really digging those songs. How long have you been yeah. working with uh, Glenn now? Oh, with Glenn, I've been. I started with Glenn in, back in the OG dancing days. Right. Um, 
this must have been about 92 or 93 maybe I started with Glenn. Uh, so I've been working off and on with him since, yeah, since 93. Wow. Wow. And yeah. He, and, it, you know, he's killing it right now. You know, with everything oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. him lately, he's just destroying it, as he always does. But let's yep. get to, uh, you know, first of all, I want to talk about you and uh, Brittany Elliott's awesome podcast, The Haunted oh, Chapel. Thanks. And uh, yeah. how, how did this start about? Uh, the podcast started about, um, actually, with my sister, she was she kept egging me and pushing me and pushing me. Hey, you got to do a podcast, man. You got to do podcasts. I'm like, yeah, you know, all right, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll do some research into it. I never thought about it because there were so many out, and you know, I just, you know, who who gives the hell what I have to say? I'm just whatever, you know, <laughs> and you know, and so we did some research. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool, you know. And then she kept telling me, you got stories, start a podcast. You, you know, lots of people. You can talk to these people and get your story out. And I'm like, well, you, yeah. uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. We'll try it, you know. Let's try it. So uh, we got some gear together. My sister sent me a birthday present. She sent me some headphones and a and a, and a couple of mics. I'm like, oh shit, thanks. Nice. So she's kind of like, she's like, here, man, here's some headphones. You know, now you have to. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's so uh, great. I, I'm like, so yeah. So I, we kicked the idea around, and Britt and I threw some ideas around. And I said, you know, if I'm gonna do this, I don't want to do this alone. I, you know, we got, I need, I need you to, you know, be like. A host with me, a co-host. You know, we need we had throw stuff back get back and forth. Like me coming from um, like the you know, backstage or the or uh, working side, industry side of the of the music scene, and Britt, who's just just a huge fan of metal music and music in general, and have her side of uh, you know get her um, her points across, her questions from a fan point of view. You know, and it's kind of cool how it works out together. She's a, she's a, the huge music fan, and I'm more of like, oh, what kind of amp is that, or what kind of guitar is that? Instead right. of like, what's a live playing in front of in front of fifty thousand people? You know, I know how that feels, so I'm I'm like, whatever. Like, what what guitar is that? You know, <laughs> right, right. And and she, you know, she's more like, wow, you know, this this album, this track on this song, on this well, this song on this album is my favorite. You know. Uh, uh, or this album's my favorite. Wait, this year, this and that. She she knows. She's like an encyclopedia of music. Where I am, I'm just like you know, I'm more into like the gear and the technical side of of how bands and how artists uh, came to be. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that chemistry works so well with y'all. I mean, because she's like yeah. a cheerleader for for music for metal, yes, and then you've definitely yes. got the other side of it. And I, I yeah. just love the guests. Like I was telling you, man. You know, you had Jeff from Possessed, who, I mean, Jeff Becerra, who just has my total and complete respect. Um, yeah. And a really good, a good long interview with him, too, man. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and then you got the Tardy Brothers. And, I mean, there's no end for my love for the Mighty Obituary. So, I mean, oh, yes. you know, um, do you feel now working as you do on the other side of this that when you go up to people to ask him to be on the podcast that you're almost signing people up for jury, jury duty? You know, kind of that, you know, <laughs> here I come. I'm going to ask you, so is that is that coming to play yet? Uh, no, it hasn't. You know, I, I just kind of, <clears throat> I've asked a few people and, and uh, some some friends, said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I just haven't gotten around to finalizing and saying, hey, let's do it on this date because um, we've been kind of busy the last past few months. This, that, Las, that whole Las Vegas thing that we did, 
Um, and, uh, me like prepping for dancing and then misfits in between here and there and, and working. So we're trying to just like find a good, a good medium because Brit's she's always tattooing or she's making tables. She's always doing something. And for us to find the time to like, Hey, let's sit down and just take an hour out of our day and do this, you know, um, it's kind of tough sometimes, but oh, yeah. um, we're trying, yeah, we're trying to make the time for it now, but there's so much going on, you know, and, oh, yeah. and the editing, editing takes so long. Like the, the Becerra one took me a week because we, we talked for three hours. I'm like, man, how do I, I got, how do I edit this? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there listening to audio. I must have listened to that three hour conversation at least three or four times. So, you know, I've sat and listened to that thing for at least a day, yeah. more than a day. And uh, and then editing the video as well to to the audio, it just it's it's real uh, time consuming. But I enjoy that technical stuff, so it doesn't really bother me. But man, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to remind everybody the um, the show is called the the Haunted Chapel Podcast. It's so badass. And one thing I really love about it is the kind of something we try and do here, and we're going to try and be doing more especially focusing on the Athens area is I love the mini show reviews when you, when you and Brittany will be like, Hey, we went out and saw Jerry Cantrell last night. And you know, you get a snapshot of that, that night that you guys had. And for someone Uh that's not able to go to the shows, it's kind of like when we were kids, you know, reading about bands and shit, it's like the new, you know, I love that side of it. And you guys have been like going to a lot of shows lately. So uh, what's really stuck out in your head lately? Uh, lately, I went to see well that Jerry Cantrell show. That, oh, that yeah. was awesome. That was like we were standing right. We made sure we stood at eye level. The Aztec has like like three di- three or four different levels of of uh, on the floor. Like there's the there's the the pit, the floor, and then there's like one level up, and that's the level we were at. So we were like eye level with the, the guys on stage, and we were right in the front. And I said, we got to be right in front. So we make sure that these fuckers see us, right? Right. And so we're sitting there like, they fucking started our plane, right? Fucking plane. Everyone pulls off their phones, of course. You know, like a bunch of jerks. Everyone has their phone. I'm like, come on, man, really? Are you and really going to watch this shit later? Are you really going to watch this uh, yeah. shit later, folks? Come on now. Let it, let's enjoy the event. Yeah, sorry, Data Ready. Go ahead. Yeah, you got to live in the moment. You're, you're sitting there like watching a show through a, a little phone screen because... I think it's just out of habit. People just like on their phones all the time. They'd rather watch it through a screen than in person, which is weird to me. It's so insane. it's insane, right? Yeah. So we're sitting there watching the show. Britt and I are just fucking rocking out. He's playing some fucking, you know, uh, solo album songs. And uh, they're, they're like looking around and everyone's on their phones. And we're the only two standing there fucking headbanging. And, they, you know, they noticed us, which was cool. Because at, at the end of the show, I, we got to go back there and I got to say hi to Jerry. Nice, I've known that dude nice. for I've known him for years. We, we you know we met back in '91 on oh. the uh, Allison Allison Chains opened up that Clash of Titans store. Fuck yes, yeah, definitely. So I, yeah, so we met him back then. We we've been friends ever since. So I really wanted Britt to meet Jerry because she's you know, she's a huge Cantrell fan, huge Alice fan. He's amazing. So, uh, yeah, he's awesome. He's like he's just uh, this incredible songwriter, um, musician. I mean. He's just, he's just awesome. He just writes these incredible songs. And, and you know, so, I, well, you know, going back to you said you've known him for years. I want to get I want to get further into this in, in a little bit. But you you were you worked that Clash of the Titans tour with Slayer. 
So uh-huh. um, what are your recollections? I was at that show, man, and I just remember for about two songs, they got shit, and then the whole fucking crowd was into them. You know, oh, uh, yeah. it, it was yeah. it was uh, it was a really rough crowd. What are some of your re- recollections of that 91 Clash of the Titans tour? The American yeah, version. Hey, exactly what you just said right now. Like Alice would come out and people were just like, fuck you, you know, because they weren't metal. Right. They were just, you know, this grunge bag out of Seattle. So um, <clears throat> they were just getting heckled and booed. And I'm like, why? What the fuck is wrong with these people? You know, Look, these guys are rad. So, but like you said, like you know, three or four songs into it, people kind of like, all right, these guys are pretty heavy. You know, the fans kind of had a change of heart, and rightfully so because they came on, they fucking started right up. They played all their heaviest shit, and midway through the set, the crowd was like, fuck yeah, these guys are rad. So it was cool to watch them come out and face the Slayer crowd. And yeah. Just be totally, totally fucking harassed and yelled at, and then sticking it out, and then by the end of the set, everybody's like, "Fuck yeah, Allison Chains!" Everyone's cheering them on, and and I think the the lane knew how to play the crowd. You know, he'd go out there, he'd start chanting Slayer, like Slayer, Slayer. You know, who's your favorite band? My Slayer. He would say shit like that. Shit, yeah. And the crowd was like, "Fuck yeah!" But yeah, by the end of the show, the whole crowd was like was into Alice in Chains, and that was that was incredible to watch. Yeah. And, and Lane was, he was so good. Let me remind our listeners, there wasn't a smartphone in sight in this crowd. No. Look how much fun they had. <laughs> so, no phones. <laughs> but, um, lots, lots of smoke, lots of beer, and no phones. It was absolutely, awesome. how it should be. Now, yep. let's let's get back to your beginnings. You come from a musical family. I, I researched, you know, I, I heard you on one of the podcasts talking about you and your sister both play clarinet. Uh, and um and and you know you eventually switched to bass and your brother tom played the bass now did 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 he pass that on to you or was that just an interest on your own we're like i want to see if i can uh you know my take on this instrument um actually i, I learned how to play guitar first uh through my older brother cisco ah okay yeah uh, yeah he uh he said hey man i'm gonna get your guitar i'm like sweet so then he comes back and he has this um, harmony, you know, those old Sears guitars. Oh shit! Yeah. Back in the day, he goes, "I got this one. I found this one, and I, I put it together. It was just like this maroon, maroon guitar. It was like a Strat shape. It had a, a, a crazy ass um, rosewood uh, fretboard and plastic uh, tuning heads, and it had a chrome pickguard with one single coil speaker in the middle, like a chrome, a chrome." Uh, not speaker, uh, chrome pickup. And the, the pick guard was taped with, with electrical tape. Like it looked like Eddie Van Halen, like a very like nice. low budget EV, EV, EVH guitar. And that's what I learned on. He showed me three chords and he says, you know, what would be a good song. Some good stuff to listen to is ACDC. Cause it's three chords. You'll be able to pick it up fast. I'm like, all right. So I went and got highway to hell and, which was the worst album to learn the guitar to because each song is tuned differently. Right. So I'm like, why? Oh, fuck. You know, yeah, I'm like, all right, it sounds like this note. And then the next song comes on, I'm like, wait, this sounds like this note now. Like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. Then I learned, I learned 20 years later, like, oh, yeah, each song's tuned different. I'm like, God damn it. So that's um, confounding. That like, yeah. That's, <laughs> when, you're, when you're a young musician, <laughs> it just destroys like, you. Well, you know? Yeah. Why is every song different? But uh, um, yeah, Malcolm Young was my guitar teacher, man. I, 
you know, I, I swore by Malcolm Young, but he was my idol growing up. And Angus, because was, I was soloing, but Malcolm more so because he just stood back there, shook his head, and he was just the constant rhythm. Like he was, he was the number one guy, man. Like everyone was like, uh, whenever they had questions about anything, like at, you know, asking the band, the band was like, oh, yeah, yeah, talk to Malcolm, talk to Malcolm. Yeah. So he was the boss. And he was the boss on stage. When you go see him, man, you you remember yep. him? He just he would stand back yeah. in the back, man. But he had full control yeah. of what was going on, he's, man. Yeah, he's back there, jeans and a t-shirt, and his guitar, and he's just shaking his head like, nah, nah, nah. his little demon, his little, uh, I don't know, gremlin voice, you know? Oh yeah. And I, <laughs> he's awesome. You know, I think with Highway to Hell, I learned a lot of those songs as I was learning to play guitar, and I just power chorded them. So I was chorded them wrong. And then later right. when you like learn to chord them right and everything, you're like, these songs are just masterpieces. Every one of them, yeah. you know, yeah. just a rock and roll. I mean, I look at, they're a metal band, but you know, they're such a rock band too, man. Yeah. They're um, so rock. But you now with, you can't fuck with Bon Scott. You can't. And I mean, those records to well, me, I mean, I love all due respect to Brian Johnson. I love him, but my heart and soul lives in those Bond records, man. Oh, yeah. And that sure. shit was kind of wrong when we were growing up, I remember. It was like the older bad kids yeah. listening to fucking ACDC. And so, of course, yeah. I had to, you know. Um, but now, like, you come from, a, you know, you, what, you have two brothers and then how many sisters? Mm -hmm. uh, four sisters. Four sisters. So you come from a big yeah. family. And, from a big family. Um, so, yeah. so music was always in your house, just going down, man. Oh, yeah, there was always music in the house. Uh, my older sister, Anna, who had passed away uh, uh, years ago, um, she always Sorry. had music playing. She's all about the Jimi Hendrix. Um, she really, she was really into uh, Latin uh, pop music. Like, we, uh, my parents and my family are from Chile, South America, so right. she's really into the 60s South American pop music, which is really cool because I got into it later in life. Fuck like, yeah. Oh, my God, these, these songs are great. And uh, she's into that, and she, you know, she had always, she always had music playing. So that's where my fondness for music, I, you know, my fond, my earliest memories is just hearing music in the house. There's always music playing. Now, uh, I, I know Tom had other bands, a cover band, and and then once Slayer got going, what was it like before you worked for him? That worked with him. That is, what was it like? Like growing in your household once they started breaking with the imagery and just the this the fucking coolness or wildness around it. Uh, let's see. I guess it 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 started out wild. I mean, uh, them rehearsing in the garage and you know kids found out that they rehearsed there. So, um, we lived next door to a, a grocery store. It was a huge market. It right on the corner. We we're the first house after the parking lot. So kids would go and sit in the parking lot on the other side of the fence and listen to the guys jam in the garage. Jesus Christ. And word, yeah, word got out. And then the crowds, you know, kicking bigger and bigger. and and uh, Drinking and, and smoking weed you know, out there. And just like, yeah. Hell yeah. It, it, was just, it was a tailgate party in this parking lot, this old abandoned um, market parking lot. And they, uh, yeah, every night it was just, every time they jammed, there was kids huddled there. I look over, like peek around the corner, and sure enough, there's three or four cars. People just sitting there in the car, just fucking head banging. You know, they were they were. It wasn't malicious. They weren't trying to break shit or do anything. They were just sitting there listening. I'm like, oh man, this is crazy, right? 
And then uh, that was like, you know, show no mercy and shit. And then uh, then later on, like mid 80s, like, you know, around Rain and Blood, it, it just, it wasn't, it came to where it couldn't, it couldn't do it anymore there. It was just getting too big. So uh, my dad sold a house in, in 88. Yeah, he sold a house in 88. So we had to, they had to move. Yeah. So uh, they moved before that, I believe, to Anaheim because it was just getting too crazy with, with fans and people finding out where they rehearse and we were getting uh, some crazy crank phone calls, you know, and it just got crazy. It's got to, it got like, became like a party central. Well, so uh, dad, dad sold the house and we moved out to Riverside and the guys found a rehearsal spot in Anaheim. And, and uh, but yeah, um, while the guys are, you know, starting to expand and grow as a band and get more popular, you know, the, the, my parents were like, that's just crazy. You know, like they were proud of him, you know, for what he, what he did and what he was achieving. But it just, the, the satanic stuff was kind of like, uh, they weren't really into that, you know? Yeah. And you know, a non-metal person or somebody that even like, I feel like doesn't even really know Slayer when they find out I do a metal podcast and we're talking about Slayer, the first thing they have to beat me over the head with is like, Tom's a Catholic, you know that Tom's a Catholic, you know, and everything. I'm like, Listen to the goddamn music, man, and like I don't give a shit what he prays to. But how much of that? How much of that was a thing in your household? Was that because I grew up in a religious, somewhat religious household, and I, you know, I got shit just for listening to Slayer. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. My my parents were, you know, they they were, they didn't agree with the the subject matter. They were they were very religious. Uh, my dad was a was a. Uh, a um, he was a beacon, a deacon at the local church in uh, Huntington Park. There, he was uh, uh, the priest there. Liked him so much, and he did so much for the church. They made him like an honorary deacon. So, oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. So, dad was very involved in the church. Their local uh, mom and dad, and yeah, they didn't really agree with the subject matter. And and the older they got, the more they were like, uh, you know. I guess the band kind of steered away from the satanic stuff in, in a way that kind of went more towards a uh, social stuff like, and then, you know, war and serial killers and it kind of expanded out a little bit. Yeah. So, um, in the beginning though, it was kind of tough because it was all about, you know, the upside down cross and the pentagram and all that bullshit. And they were like, what the hell? And it was tough for dad because he was, he was a deacon and he used to go and, and, uh, and talk to, uh, he used to do like, what is that called when you do like, uh, people pass away and they, he go and comfort the family and do like a uh, like a service for them, you know. Like a wake, and yeah, yeah like a wake. He go and say words, and then had the family would speak, and he would help talk to the family and stuff. So it was it was a real uh, it was real tough for him. He yeah. had that conflict in him, you know. He was just a man of God, but his sons over here singing about the devil. It was like shit. What the hell, man? Well, so, you know, taken at the time, especially. Think about how many yeah. horror movies were out there. Think about, you know, to me, yeah. I never really took Slayer's, seri- uh, you know, their satanic lyrics seriously. It was more of a reflection mm-hmm. of the vibes and the time. I mean, I thought it was yeah. cool as fuck. Uh, but I could see yeah. that, that you know, leading to some difficult conversations. So well, how yeah, old sure. were you when you started getting involved with the band professionally? Uh, professionally, um, I guess eight, 1986 was my, like, kind of real first professional tour um i had a you know I, I got my first guitar tuner and they had a semi they had sound lights 
they had fucking Marshall stacks and and it was crazy. It was like full on, you know, big time. They had a bus and we were fucking tripping because, you know, not not a year before that, we were riding around in a van. Right. And, and a U-Haul and a Camaro, you know, like just two or three years before that, driving cross country in a Camaro and and a, and a box truck and all, you know, all the gear that they, they owned in the back of that truck. And to go from that into like all of a sudden they got this bus and a, a semi full of fucking production and we're playing these big ass theaters and like wow what a wow so that was my first professional real professional tour was bringing blood in '86 yeah 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 uh, and that was their we first did. first album on a uh, major label correct yeah yeah uh, okay that's right yeah uh, prior to that you know we you know the Hell Awaits Show Mercy all that stuff but that was all that was all done in the Camaro or a van and we just did local. Like we, we just took our gear, just uh, amps, drums, guitars. There's no lights. There was no, we didn't have no PA. Um, one of our first ones we had, uh, Gene Hoagland was Dave's drum tech. Uh, and he drove the van for us and, and I was doing the guitars and bass and helped Dave set up drums kind of, but I did mostly the guitars and bass and then I'd go out and do the sound. And like, you know, what what year was that? It's in eighty four. It was like fifteen doing all that shit. Oh wow. So uh so I was like pre but before the professional the bus and the in the truck, we had a fucking a box a, a bobtail and a and a and a and a van and we did our all our own shit, man. It was it was it was fun. It was crazy. Yeah, it's got to be exciting when you're on that ride on the way up, you know, and yeah. what 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 it's was cool. It's cool because you don't know what's happening at that time. You know, it's like, wow, this is fun. But and then you look back, like, wow, look what happened. You know, that we were like right on the verge of expl- of exploding and becoming this huge metal band. We had no idea. It was just like we were just having fun and just doing what we were doing, just going out and, and playing and drinking beers and you know, fucking with party our our guests and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and. It- what you being a metal fan and a music fan, you know, you're meeting, I'm sure. What were some of the bands that you guys were, that Slayer was playing with on some of those bills for Rain and Blood? Uh, Rain and Blood, we did that. Um, I can't remember who was on that tour with us, but I know that we did a show with uh, in New York, which I'll never forget, with Agnostic Front and Megadeth. Oh, shit, yeah. It was just fucking, it was badass. It was the most insane show I've ever been to. Um, we had, you know, we did Venom and and uh, all these fucking cool ass bands. Uh, Voivod. When we, first time we went up to Montreal, we got to meet Voivod, and I was like, "Oh fuck, man, this is badass!" Like hanging out with Blackie in a way, and Snake, and Piggy, all the OG dudes. Um, yeah, it was fucking. And meeting Venom, you know, it was fucking cool. Uh, meeting Carnivore. Uh, Fuck yeah, Peter! All these, all these, all, yeah, all these bands running into, and then like later down the line, they're like, "Wow, these guys are doing this now, and these guys are doing this now," and, and you know, it's really cool to see how all these bands just kind of expanded and became their own, and kind of became just as popular, you know, as yeah. as Slayer. Yep. Well, as as Slayer kept moving on, you got into music yourself. Um, tell me about your experiences with Thine Eyes Bleed. My experiences, uh, well, let's see, I, I joined the band in 2004 because uh, I had been working, uh, doing guitars for Kitty. Yeah. Uh, a metal band up from uh, London, Ontario, and I met 
um, Justin, the singer for Darn Eyes, uh, while I was up there. And, you know, we hit it off. You know, those guys, those guys like to smoke. So we fucking, we fucking bonded. And, uh, and their bass player quit. The original bass player, he didn't want to, he didn't want to tour, he didn't want to play. And so I was up there and they're like, hey man, you want to, you want to play bass? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll play bass. So that, that was it. I, I joined, as soon as the first record came out, I, I joined the band. And uh, I was with them for, geez, about six years or so, six, seven years. We were six years, maybe. Right. We're, we're together as a band recording and writing and touring. So, yeah, that, that was great, man. Uh, that was fun. Uh, I had fun touring with those guys. They're good dudes. Well, going back to Slayer a little bit, you know, you, you, you were there. Pantera's last tour, if I'm if I'm correct, was with Slayer. Um, yeah, the, that I'm not sure if it was Tattoo the Earth or what was the other one? Uh, the Extreme. Um, steel or something. I yeah, yeah, yeah. The Steel Tour. I didn't I didn't work for Slayer in that in that era. I, there was like a there was a period of time where I didn't work for the band. Right. Um, yeah. So that that was that was like uh, from like 2000 from like about 2000 2001 to about uh, 2009. I didn't work with the band because. Uh, my dad passed in 2002. I was, I, I got fucked up. Like, it really fucked me up. It was, yeah. it was, it was brutal. Um, and I was working with System of a Down at the time, and and I, I couldn't tour, man. I was like, you know, I just didn't tour. I, I was in a bad place, so I just kind of, I was in a rut for for several months until a friend of mine called me, the tour manager for Kitty, uh, this guy Rick. And he said, hey, man, you still touring? I'm like, well, yeah, sure, I'll tour, man. He goes, all right, I got a gig. It's Kitty, you know, it's it's uh, two guitars, a bass. Uh, it's real easy. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I, that's why I went back on tour. With, that's when I went back out again uh, with Kitty. And, and then that's when Blind Eyes Bleed started. And yeah. I did Blind Eyes Bleed. Yeah. And I did a bunch of bands in between, you know. Uh, I did, I was doing like, uh, I did Lou Reed and Daughtry. And, uh, Fuck yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of different bands. What was just trying to? What was Lou Reed like? Lou Reed was awesome. Right on. Holy man. smokes, man! The guy was—he was great. He was—he was so smart, and he was so funny. He was quick. He was like his witty. He was—he was amazing, man. He had—he had—he had the most incredible. He could hear shit that I didn't know you could hear. <laughs> right. Like he could, we were playing, and he's like, mm, you know, something, something sounds funny in my amp. Could you get, could you go give it a check, and you know, just make sure everything's in there, and tubes are sitting correct. I'm like, sure, Lou, I'll go check it out. And so I go back there, check out his amps, and you know, look through everything, and and sure enough, man, one of his tubes was off just a little bit, like it wasn't sitting properly in the in the uh, in the little thing, one of his uh, tube power tubes. God. So I just strained it out, put it in there, and he's playing. He goes, what did you do? <laughs> I, I was like, uh, well, there was a tube that was slightly askew, and I set it back in place. He's like, mm, okay, that was it. Sounds perfect. I'm like, wow. Oh, my how, gosh. How did, how did he hear that? Well, so, that's... Uh, but, yeah, Lou, Lou is amazing, man. He, you know, once in a while, he could say, hey, Johnny, you got one of the funny cigarettes? <laughs> sure, like, yeah. sure, man. Here, here you go. <laughs> That'd have been yeah, great to great. get Stone with Lou Reed. 
Uh, oh, and it I, was awesome. I, I was listening to that second Kitty. I think this is the only Lou Reed uh, to Kitty uh, transition in the history of podcasting. But I, uh, I was listening to that. <laughs> I was listening to that second Kitty record the other day, man. That shit still slays. Um, yeah, you know they like. Um, but yeah, so now you come back to Slayer. You say uh, in '09, and and yeah. and you worked with them till the end. So yeah, so uh, nineteen till they called they called it quits. Yeah, yeah. Do you see that being a, a permanent thing? You, you know, I, I tell people when they ask me, "You think they're gonna tour or play again?" I go, "Dude, you know what?" I go, "Money talks." I think for the right amount of money, they'll probably do a show. Right. They might do a couple of dates here and there. I don't know if they'll tour. I don't know if they'll make a new record. But hey, man, you throw the right amount of money at them, they'll fucking they'll get together and play again right sure. on man like, so I, I i know i know they ain't done i mean right now they're kind of like a merch store but i think i think that they get enough pressure from from the fans and someone throws a big nice big chunk at them they'll they'll do it for sure. right right uh, yeah well let's get back to the podcast and and how did you uh how'd you meet Brittany? holy smokes so the band announced what well, they announced but uh uh, Thomas said, Hey, you know, this is going to be our final tour. I'm like, fuck. All right. Shit. That's crazy. So I thought about it. I'm like, man, you know what? I never got a Slayer tat for all the years that I worked for them. I'm like, oh, I forget one commemorate the last tour ever. So I'm looking online. I, you know, I go to Instagram and, and, uh, I, I do search, I search, uh, heavy metal tattoos. So, um, all these, you know, tattoos come up and there's this tattoo of, of, uh, uh, Rattlehead, right? The make this mega yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is rad. So I clicked it, and I'm checking out the detail. And I'm like, wow, this is rad. Who did this? And it says Bzeli. I go, Bz. All right. So I clicked on the name, and her thing comes up. And uh, wow, she's a fucking tattoo artist, badass. You know, she's in the metal. She does fucking metal tattoos. And I go, I go. She's a huge Slayer fan. I said, this is a person that's gonna do it. You know, I got a day off in Texas. This will be perfect. I you know we'll have a day off. I roll in, get a tattoo, and done. So I sent an email. Said, "Hey, uh, uh, I'm coming through town. I want to know if you, if how, how available you are. Uh, I really want to get uh, the Vermont Satanic Vermont oh, yeah. somewhere to commemorate the final tour, and and I'll be in Texas on this at this date. And so she writes back, "Hey, what's up? Uh, I won't be in town that day. I'm in. I'm at a convention in Virginia." Uh, and she, then she writes back, she goes, sorry, you know, uh, you know, I'll be, but I'll be back in town this day. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, when, if you're ever in San Diego or in LA area, let me know. I really want to get this tattoo. But, um, so I left it at that. And then she writes back, Hey, are you, uh, are you related to Tom? <laughs> I was like, yeah, she goes, cause I saw John Ryan. Then I saw Slayer crew and I put two and two together. I'm like, yeah, I go, yeah, I am. She's oh, that's awesome. Okay, right? cool. So. We didn't communicate for you know months, and then uh, the next next leg of the U.S. tour was coming up, and I saw like oh shit we got a day off in El Paso and Dallas, so I wrote her again and said hey you know we're we're gonna be in Texas here do you have any do you have any openings, and she says uh, uh, no but you know I can come out to, I'll come out to El Paso it's not far and you know I'll just come down and bring my shit and we'll fucking talk to you somewhere I'm like all right sounds good, so she comes down she ends up tattooing uh, Gary's wife. And uh, kind of stole my tattoo appointment. Like, God damn it! But <laughs> that, 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 that's how I met her. Pretty much, I found a Megadeth tattoo, and I'm like, 
this girl's gonna tattoo me and then we just kept in touch and and it just went from there well y'all y'all are so much fun to hang out with um and just yeah, she's, she's awesome and really just vibe off each other great man i i, I can't tell people enough to check out your podcast um, oh thank you man i appreciate that thank yeah you. man uh well is there you know she you even started you you are a tattoo artist now uh i i think i heard I, where I, she I, taught you how to tattoo during pandemic uh, i'm apprentice i'm apprenticing still um i've done a few tattoos but um uh, i still need so much practice i mean she showed me so much she's very patient she took the time out to show me you know the ropes and what to do what not to do um I, she let me use her machines. I don't have any machines of my own yet, but she's got she's got plenty of machines that I was trying out different ones, different coils. I haven't tried out any uh, any rotaries yet, but I've been working with coils. You know. Yeah. Um, she's taught me so much, and uh, you know, you got to draw, you got to you know get your line straight, you got to keep a steady hand, don't drink too much coffee. Uh, don't get too stoned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, me, me, no. So you know, I, you know, my my first the first tattoo I did, I was I was kind of high. I'm like, I go, you know, you're right. I'm I'm, I'm kind of wigging out here a little bit because I'm really high and I'm I'm trying to do this tattoo and I'm sweating. I'm sweating too much. You know? She's like, I told you, I told you. See, that counts so, me right out, man. I, I just there's no way I, I can do that. <laughs> I smoke way too I much like, weed. I go, you know what? I could probably, I could probably not smoke for an hour or two. There you go. You. <laughs> yeah, take one for the team, uh, Johnny. <laughs> but, yeah, but so yeah, so she's uh, she's uh, been apprenticing me and uh, got about six tattoos already. Right. Um, it's it's fun, man. It's nerve wracking, but I, it's fun. I, I'm just now getting the hang of it. I want to do more, but um, you know, I just don't have I don't have a name yet. Like to go out, and I'm not good enough to go out there and just say, "Hey, you know, come get tattooed by me." I don't feel I'm good enough yet to do that. So, well, you'll I, get, I need I get there, man. I'm sure I gotta practice. Yeah, just practice. That's all. So, uh, so what's next for the podcast, and and what's next for you, my friend? Uh, podcast. Um, we're gonna Britt and I. We got some uh, some friends lined up. Um, I was talking with uh, with um, God damn it. I can't. Why am I? I have a brain fart right now. Smoking too much weed, man. See? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I'll come back to it. I have a good friend, a friend of ours, uh, a friend of ours, Jake. Um, he's a writer. He does a podcast as well. But he's he was working with with us on the Slayer tour as a VIP organizer. Right. But he, he's also he's also a podcaster. He's a writer. I didn't know that he was a writer, and uh, he's he's all around fucking. He's like a renaissance man. I didn't know he did all this other shit. I'm like, dude, I didn't know you did all this. I thought you were just a VIP guy. He goes, oh, no, man. He goes, I, I do all the things. I'm like, fuck, all right. So he's going to be on. He's agreed to it. He's he, he's all for it. Um, we got we got Phil and Stumble to agree to it, but we still have to set a date, him and, him and Kate. Right on. Um, yeah, he's. they're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll do it. Phil, but, Phil's great, we, man. We have, yeah, so we haven't set a date. Uh, we're, we've got to coordinate that and um man i can't believe that i'm fucking i'm i'm pulling a fucking brain fart right now it's all good man it happens no it's not because <laughs> he's right he's my he's my friend and i can't remember his name right now 
sometimes you're too close to something to see it correctly. Oh, well, you can edit this out because it's like dead air. Sure, man. Like, I'll do. We'll we'll be talking, and it's just gonna it's just gonna hit me like, oh, his name is. <laughs> it's all good. You know what? I seriously can't believe that I'm fucking, I'm fucking have a brain fart right now. Right. Well, you're heading yeah. back out, or you said you're heading back out on the road with the Misfits. Yeah, we got uh, I got a Halloween show uh, Saturday. Um, let's see, and then they got a New Year- New Year's Eve show in Vegas. The Misfits. Shit. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's gonna be fucking crazy. Yeah, I that's may see so, so crazy. I may see you there, my friend, and pull you into weed hell at some point. You know. Um, coming out for that? Uh, we possibly we're talking about it. So um, if I oh, do, boy, uh, let it, it's on, man. You let us, yeah, you let <laughs> us know. Britt Brit will be there. We'll both be there. We'll both be hanging. So right let us on, know. man. That'd be awesome. It'd be. It sounds we'll killer, a, man. We'll do a Las Vegas part two. Absolutely. Well, yeah. all right, my friend. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being so kind right, to man. share your experiences with us. And for everybody, That's it's right, the. Dude. It's the Haunted Chapel podcast, and um, right. any uh, plugs, any social media you want to plug on here, website? Uh, Haunted Chapel podcast, uh, yeah, we have, it's a .com as well, it's a website, thehauntedchapel.com, um, we have our podcasts are, are streaming on there as well, we also have merchandise on there for sale, um, Britt has her own website, bztattoo.com. All right. I want to thank Mr. Johnny Araya for coming on the podcast and hanging with us tonight. Um, As he mentioned in the interview, you can check him out on the Haunted Chapel podcast and make sure you do so. It's, It's a badass listen. And that's about our show for this evening, but keep your eyes peeled on our socials and the website for information regarding our first live date of 2023, which will be on February 15th. Guests and other information will be released soon. So until then, stay switched on, and we'll talk to you soon.